0: So I tend to do, I'm an adult. I do adult things. I, I tend to do responsible things every now and then. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to not uh, drink until the new year. I'm going to quit drinking. Not quit drinking. So I don't drink that much. I thought, you know, it's, been, it's time. i got to lose a couple pounds. Best way to do that is to stop drinking for a bit. So I thought, oh, I won't drink until the new year. So that's like three months. That's a good good amount of time. Then I was like, I finished a, the last bottle of alcohol that was in the house, because the easiest thing is to avoid temptation, is not to have the thing available to you. So then my daughter and my wife were talking about <clears throat> what is my wife like when she's drunk? She doesn't really drink at all anymore. So I was like, well, you know, you, you know, so either you get more talkative or you get more quiet. My daughter was actually like, I want to see that. So she's like, let's have a drinking party. So we bought kids' beer, which is really just this kind of like grape juice that's really foamy, but it looks like beer for my daughter. And then I was like, well, I'm going to participate. I'm going to get another bottle. I bought a bottle of rum, and I thought this was going to be really fun. And then they ended up having their drinking party without me while I was upstairs. So I was a bit disappointed. But I had this bottle in the house. I was like, oh, I've been finishing it off. So I drank it over the last two weeks. And then today I was like, you know, I really want to get rid of that. It so was 10.30 this morning. This is this is relative to the the potentially laissez-faire attitude you might be getting towards today's Ninja News you Can podcast. I think I just said Japan wrong. Uh, is that at ten thirty this morning I decided to cook a steak and have a rum and coke. There was just it's enough left in the bottle for me to get just a little going, and I I do I got it going. Uh, I feel really good. Morning drinking is not something I've ever really done. and I'm never planning on doing it again, but it's pretty fun. I think two podcasts ago, I did some lunchtime drinking. No, the three-month break is going to be good. Anyways, we're here for news, we're here for Japan, and we're here for you. That kind of enthusiasm only comes with a little dash of alcohol. If I ever do a live show... Like let's say one of the podcasts or something that's really popular. I do a live show. I thought about it because it'd be interesting. I, I was like, ah, oh, it'd be good. It'd be interesting if you drank throughout the show. And either it's going to get better or worse, but either way, it would probably be funny for the people who are watching. Might not be funny for anyone who has to listen to it, but um, sure. We have some updates. Updates are good. I always enjoy updates because I like to feel. Like a story has come to its conclusion. And this is the story's initial conclusion. It's basically done. You may remember, if you've listened to Ninja Japan in the past. I hope you have. And I hope you will going forward. There was a, a gentleman who got all of one town's COVID relief funds put in his bank account. And he thought the best way to deal with this would be to abscond. So he took the money and ran. And then he, he did some online gambling. And then the interesting part was the city was like, we're not going to sue him. We're going to sue the gambling company for facilitating this. And that got him in trouble because the gambling company was like, well, we're going to give this guy up real quick. So they got him. And he, then he promised to pay it all back. He'd seen the error of his ways. It's, it's interesting that when people get caught, they often see the error of their ways when they get caught. They don't see it beforehand, though. So he promised to pay it back. Well, it turns out that this week, he has paid back all the money, the full amount to the town, and apologized on Twitter. So he said, I have caused great trouble to the people of Abu, and I am sorry. He went on to say, I wanted to visit the the mayor of the town and apologize to him directly. But there seemed to be a source of trouble. And I thought that was interesting. What is the source of trouble? So he wanted to go to the mayor and apologize, but I bet the mayor was like, fuck this guy. I've had enough of this shit. This has been like national news. I don't want to deal with this. This is just extra bullshit. If you've just given money back in the first place and been a good person, you wouldn't have to do any of this. I don't want your apology. Give the money back. Don't come into my office. I absolutely could see that being the correct attitude to take on. It is probably the attitude I would take. I'd be like, I don't actually want your long-winded bullshit apology because I bet if you didn't get caught you would not have seen the error of your ways, and you would have not given the money back out of the goodness of your heart, because at the end of the day, you're a slimy little thief. Perhaps my uh, editorialization of the stories may get a tad more dramatic uh, today, which is a good thing. Oh, so Abbe's funeral. There have been more protests. And I was... I'm against the funeral simply because of the sheer cost of it, and that's taxpayer money. And I don't think the taxpayer should bear the burden for an opulent funeral. If they had a small one, a state funeral, I would actually say that's acceptable. If they decided to do a small ceremony, and then, you know, if let's say other countries, so that, like world leaders wanna come and visit, I mean, they bring their own security anyways. Japanese security would be responsible to a degree. So I think that's fair. Once you get up to billions of yen, I don't see the value anymore. So my suggestion was the family bear the brunt of the cost and that would immediately restrict how much they'd be willing to do. And if other countries' leaders wanna come and you know pay their respects, they could contribute the money to make that work course they wouldn't do it and this is all this would all be help it stay self-contained but since they have like access to public funds they can use as many public funds as they want that's problematic for me but then we got to a weird one where uh 45 of the 47 prefectures will fly the flag at half mast but two of them won't And even if you're against Abe, so like I don't have a strong pro or con opinion of Abe because I honestly just don't have a deep enough understanding of his policies to form an opinion. I was reading a lot of articles that were saying like he's really damaged the political system in Japan, which because I don't have a full understanding of that, I can't take a proper stance. But this was an elected official, he was prime minister, lowering your flag to half mast is free, and it's just showing a bit of respect. I don't have a problem with that. When Trump dies, now I am very anti-Trump, I don't believe in what he, he says, I don't I don't believe in his policies. If the states flew their flags at half-mast when he dies, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It doesn't cost anyone any money, it's showing respect for someone who held this regarded position. You could even say it's not for the person, you're showing respect for the position they held. And I'd be okay with that. So the two prefectures that are holding out, I'm like, mm, it's a bit much. Um, the protests have gotten hard. There was a dude who went and set himself on fire. Now, an Indian News Japan, but an Indian News Japan doesn't do death so much. I don't know if the guy died. I actually didn't read the full story, but I just know someone set himself on fire, and that is that is a step beyond. I don't think it's worth it. This was... Perhaps the least surprising story to me, it's actually been going on for about two weeks, and I haven't brought it up because to me it was so obvious. The Olympics, uh, I am not a fan of the Olympics as a concept because I believe they have strayed from the sort of goal, original promise that they made. So it's supposed to be the best in amateur sports, and a lot of the people who are in it, I believe, are not amateurs or professionals. You could make two things. You could make Olympics and then some other world-renowned thing that is not the Olympics for professionals. I would be okay with that. But they already have that in pretty much every sport. So I just... The whole point for me was that the the Olympics were supposed to be promoting amateur athletes, not professionals. And it's like 90% professionals at this point, which kind of sucks. But I think no big surprise, in the last Olympics in Japan, there have been bribery scandals. Now there's a 70-year-old man and he was in charge of an advertising company and he was put in charge of a lot of stuff to do with the Olympics. Apparently he's so he's basically been arrested now. But it's just the volume of bribes and charges that are being racked up now that are coming out that actually made this more interesting. He received 51 million yen from a suit company. So they're going to they wanted like we want to make the clothes for the Olympics uh, that we can then we can slap our name on basically everything in the Olympics here's 51 million yen. And he's like, Ooh, nice. 76 million yen from a publishing company. Now, I don't know specifically what they did for the Olympics, but I would assume it'd be publishing all the materials and, uh, they'd probably have rights to all the like videos and stuff that came from it. And then the last one that came out, I think it was yesterday was several million yen, a very non-specific number. But when the numbers previously were 51 and 76, several million yen, I assume, is like another 50 million yen from a toy company so that they could produce the toys for the Olympics, which, again, is a very big thing. Because essentially, the toy company is going to produce, let's say, a million keychains the Olympics is gonna buy all of them, and then if they don't sell them, that company still makes the profit because the Olympics is responsible for buying for it. So this is like a guaranteed X amount of for the company, which means we can afford to give you fifty million, one million, million yen, because we know we're gonna make a billion yen by the end of the year off the Olympics. So the the Olympics is corrupt. I don't think that's a big surprise to anyone. Uh, I would have expected it, to be honest, with the sheer size and volume of the Olympics. I actually really hope Japan doesn't take on the Olympics anymore. I actually would think it would be really interesting if no country wanted the Olympics. There's a bunch of countries now that used to want the Olympics, that don't want them anymore, they don't want the hassle and stuff. I'd be interested to see how that affects the Olympics when it gets down to the point where like no one actually wants the Olympics in their city anymore. The police are putting on a trial system. And at first, it sounded really interesting. They were saying, We're going to take emergency video calls. So I think young people have like an iPhone. They know how to FaceTime. They know how to FaceTime quickly. So them making a regular phone call to the police may actually be inhibitive. Like, there may be an inhibition there because, like, actually pulling up the phone and dialing may be harder because I've used FaceTime for every phone call I've made in my time on earth. And that is sort of the adjustments that society has to make. people don't realize that, especially old people. They're like, why can't they just do it the way I do it? Why can't they do it the way it's been done in the past? Well, because you're old and, and you're dying and you're going to not exist soon. So what you think doesn't matter? And that's a hard thing for some people to accept. I'm of that old category, but I try to remain understanding of relevance. I will never claim to be relevant and that's actually the first mistake old people make is they want to remain relevant, they want to remain cool. You're not. You're old and everyone hates you. So I thought, ah, oh, this is good. Because uh, there was a case, I think it was in America, and it was a kid didn't use, know how to use a phone book. So like they were like, okay, you can, you've can. you been arrested, you can make one phone call. They wouldn't give him his phone. They give him a phone, like a dial phone and a phone book, and he didn't know how to use it because he'd never used one before because he looked everything up on the internet. Or he just had everything saved in their phones. And they actually changed the laws because they are like, The right to this phone call is fundamental. Making it accessible to someone is also fundamental to that right. So if we get to a point where kids only know how to make FaceTime calls, then the system should be adapted for those young people so that they can make FaceTime calls. That's what I thought they were talking about. It turns out that's not what they're talking about. Basically, you will be able to upload videos or pictures... To the emergency system system uh, after a dispatcher has given you a code, which I think is not going to be particularly successful in a high-pressure situation. So I'm in my closet. There's a murderer in my house, and he's searching for me. He's got a sickle, and it's he's... he's smashing each door. And I'm, so I'm in the closet and I, I'm dialing. Oh God. Okay. And then they're like, well, you know, if you can, let's take a, take a video of the room so we can see what room you're in. Cause I'm too panicked to speak properly. i like, okay. Okay. And then they're like, okay, we're going to give you a code. And it's 3158267. five, eight, two, seven. You're like, hmm? Hmm? and then you have to do that like five times. And it's not going to work out. So that, that, that would, to me, if this is a high pressure situation, a car crash pile up fires, anything like that, where, Situational awareness would be really helpful to emergency services. Having to get a code from the dispatcher so you can start uploading your media instead of just connecting directly. Seems like a, again, a step blocking efficiency. They don't want everyone just like to suddenly start uploading stuff to them. I kind of understand that, but at the same time you probably have to accept on the other end. So just do, yeah, just do video calls. I mean, it's just, you know, I, did I just solve a problem that they created for themselves? I think I did. We do a lot of, of weird crimes. Uh, and I enjoy them. And I think every country has weird crimes, but they just don't come forward. And, and Japan has a lot. And we have a, I think it might be because there's a, a lot of older people with free time. <laughs> might actually be what I want to say. There was a man who would get on the train. And he would ride the train. And he was like, ah, oh, you know what I want to do? I want to surprise and delight my fellow passengers. I wanna make the world a brighter place for them to exist in. I want people to enjoy their time on the train. So let's let's put a little zazz into their train ride. How can you do that? I'm gonna take a razor blade and I'm gonna slide it down into the window sill of the train so that if you should accidentally lean against it or brush against it, it might slice your skin. Uh, he was arrested. Uh, they got him on video, so they, they found him very quickly. When they arrested him, and they asked him, Why are you doing this? And he said, I do it for fun. Uh, I thought people would be surprised. And then he, he said, I also did other things. But those other things were, un- were unclear. So if he thinks razor-blading people is a, is like a delightful surprise, I'm really actually a bit worried about what those other things are. But since we haven't discovered them Probably they're not as obviously dangerous. He was arrested under the obstruction of business law, which is, of course, Ninja News Japan's favorite law in Japan because it is just the catch-all, you've been naughty law. Um, turns out, this is an ongoing case. Since 2012, there have been... This has happened 80 times. It happened 15 times this year. It's so we September, so that's almost all the way through the year, but you know what I mean. So, because it seems to have increased in frequency, the police were more on alert, and so they were more they, they were more careful monitoring stuff. So that's how they caught him. Was like he was on video. They got him that day. He didn't deny it, but he didn't really explain it to my satisfaction. As I would like to know how he thought this was going to be a surprise, and if he thought a surprise was a good or a bad thing. Because maybe maybe uh, this dude's just losing it. We tend to go through themes, and it's unintentional, but what I'll do is in the news stories, I'll find a theme, and then it'll, I'll, I'll actually pick those stories. And for a while, it was dudes in their 50s doing creepy, gross stuff. And probably a year ago, maybe two years ago, it was people stealing high volumes of things, primarily underwear. Those are That's a cliche Japanese weird news story. We got a combination of them this time, so I actually, again, I tend to not do underwear theft stories as much as I used to, uh, because it's a bit played out, and you hear the same thing over and over again, and there's only so many different ways I can be surprised by people stealing underwear. Uh, And then the 51-year-old thing, or the 50-year-old thing just kind of ran out, but this guy was 51 years old, and he's a newspaper delivery man, which I think means he probably delivers newspapers... This 51-year-old man was a newspaper delivery person, which I actually think means he delivered newspapers in the morning and had free time all afternoon. So what he was doing is he was following women or going to bicycle parking lots. So bicycles are a very common way, if you live sort of in a city, to get around. It's cheaper than a car. It's hard to park a car and parking is expensive in Japan. Uh, So he would go to the bicycle parking lot and what he would do is look for women's styled bicycles. So like something with like a baby seat on the back or baskets. And then if the basket had, or the woman he had followed had just taken off a raincoat, like a poncho style raincoat, and then folded up and put it in the basket, Japan being such a safe country that people tend to not worry about stuff being stolen from their baskets, he would then steal it. Now he said, and when he was arrested, He said, I got as excited seeing women in raincoats as I did seeing women in lingerie. So that's, he's developed a feeling over time, which I find very interesting. So of course he was arrested when he was caught. And they're like, well, you've stolen raincoats. We seem to think you've stolen more. So of course they raided his house. In his house, they found 360 raincoats. So this is a news story, but the interesting part of the news in these cases is how the police lay it out. It's my favorite one. So the, what they've done, if you're watching the video, the police have taken all the poncho raincoats that this man has stolen, all 360. Oh, it says 320 on this one, but maybe there's some more. Did I get the number wrong? I have 360 in mine. Was one every day for a year. You gotta take some days off. and they get out the blue tarp. Now the blue tarp is important, but you'll actually notice if you're me, this is on a tatami room and it actually looks very much like a judo room. So I'm actually thinking they found a local judo hall and then the blue tarmac mat, you know, sort of contrasts with the green tatami, which is really nice. And then they can lay it out and you can see they've done a good job. In the front, they have all the sort of same colored and then it gets more random as you move back, which said I mean, it's just a beautiful piece of work by the guy who lays things out. The guy who lays things out is one of my favorite guys in the Japanese police force because he had to sit down and plan this out. Does he want the ones that are the same color at the front of the rows or the same in the back? Why does he have so many that are the same? The theory is that because he's basically stealing from one area, all the women in this area are buying from the same store and they're buying probably, oh, someone stole my poncho. I'm just going to go buy the same poncho because that one was fine. And so they buy like multiple. So maybe one woman has had like five, six ponchos stolen and she bought the same one multiple times. But this guy, how did he get 360 is actually an interesting question because it turns out he started in 2009. So for more than, well, not 10 years would be 2019. So yeah, more than a decade, he's been stealing rain ponchos from women's bicycles. Back in 2009, when this became a thing, the police nicknamed him Raincoat Man, which sort of is a shame because creativity on the part of the police force you know they're not really taking it to the next level or they're, not, they're not really you know, getting enthusiastic with the, the sort of exciting naming but it also it does make a lot of sense to call him Ra- Raincoat Man would be a great name for a serial killer though so I think maybe you want to reserve that one for a serial killer and then uh, this guy's like Bicycle Basket Man which is less threatening but he is only stealing poncho so that is a less threatening crime and situation Raincoat Man is inherently creepy but I mean this is the same level. So even though he's stealing raincoats. So we we talked about in the past stealing the underwear and that's creepy. I actually think this is equivalent because he even equivalent he made the equivalency himself. He said, "I'm as excited seeing women in raincoats as I am seeing laundry." So for him this is the same level. So for me the creepiest creepiness level remains the same even though it would be to me a non-sexual outer garment. Anyways, I mean, this to make the news, if I want to put like a positive spin on it, is one of the things, I've said this in the past, in another country, someone stealing 300 ponchos wouldn't even make the news, which actually goes in a way to show just how safe Japan is, so... I'm kind of happy, I don't know, I'm not happy. I don't want people to feel like, it's gross. It's gross to have your stuff stolen and think some dude brought it home and he's like, touching your raincoat. Even if it's just your raincoat. No, I can't can't even spin it positively because I don't want to. That's what we just hit. I don't want to spin it positively, even though I was trying. Japan's a safe country. That's a shitty conclusion. I fucked up the end. What should I do? Should I try again? No. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna play the outro.